you didn't network zero. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's like the whole uh, Neuromancer intro. The sky was tuned to the uh, the color of a dead channel, which yeah. is a kind of dark gray um, hissing, roiling mess. Whereas now that's actually just a bright blue sky. So uh, yeah, it, it's that moment's gone. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'll, we'll think about that when we actually do the show. Maybe I might have a feeling for it. Um, hmm. So, so, um, planning wise, uh, I think we said the first show is kind of just vampire, um, vampire the requiem. Uh, second ed kind of overview and what we like about what's been changed in it and yeah. kind of a re- getting reacquainted with it and I think that's the type of thing we'll mostly do for the next few well as and when the second editions actually come out so we've got werewolf that's always good yes uh, Prometheans coming out soon yeah mages around the corner changing the lost is in the works um, so yeah, I mean, some of these are kind of like it's hitting them when we want. Um, what about there? There are a couple that sort of fall between um, the additions, and that's Mummy and Demon. Are yeah. we going to uh, cover those or uh, wait and see if they get a second edition? Um, Demon is worth covering because it's it, it uses the second edition rule set, so yes. it's worth talking about. I have yet to run it, uh, so I've got the deluxe edition um, from the Kickstarter, but I too have yet to run it. Um, I found because uh, I tend to play in World of Darkness uh, games rather than run them at the moment. Um, the it's using the first edition of the rules, but there's a whole seventy-page section that kind of updates those rules in places. Um, slightly daunting. Um. It's no, actually, Demon the Falling is uh, sorry, Demon the Descent is full second ad. Okay, um, it's just the way the rules are presented now because they don't put the rules up front, they put them at towards the back, much like they've done with uh, Requiem second edition. So, uh, they have yeah, a similar think... kind of format, um. So, yeah, I mean, Demon's worth talking about because I still don't really have an idea for what type of chronicle to run for it. There's things I like in there. I guess, Sam, you have... You've not delved into it. You've not. No. You've got no clue on it. So you can always have a look at it and have a fresh-eyes approach to it, to the concepts in there. And... I mean, they, what they said they were going for was a kind of cyberpunk meets Cold War conspiracy with kind of Gnostic uh, elements thrown in on top. So maybe if we had a look at um, some of the source material, they claim like uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and how mm. that might relate to it could be interesting. Uh, yeah, no, that's cool. Because I mean, yeah, Demon, because it's second edition rules. Uh, Mummy's a weird one. Um, again, I have an idea for a chronicle for Mummy. Uh, Mummy is just... Um, I have a love-hate relationship with. 
as in I kind of like the concept. I like what's novel about it. So you can run a game where one person is the mummy or, or the person that's playing the mummy is kind of a cyclic role and everyone yes. else is playing the, like, the cult. And also because of where mummy fits as a theme, you can quite easily mesh with a vampire like with the Mechets because they have an Egyptian background or with um, it easily slots in with Geist. Um, except some of the books for Mummy are, well, I say some of one in particular I don't like out of the books for Mummy, and I find Mummy a bit jargon heavy because it's using a lot of Egyptian terms. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it becomes a bit impenetrable. Um, Mummy I've... strikes me as the sort of game that would either be amazing or fall to pieces. Yeah. It has aspects of like Highlander, obviously, because you're, you're these immortal beings that come back every so often uh, in that way and their lives get caught up and wound up. But the difference is they're like, they're like Highlander with, with, with memory loss problems. Um, I think one of the issues with like games like that is that there's not when people play it there's not as much pop culture reference to go off to sort of draw from like you know like i say with vampire and stuff and werewolf they're like really accessible to people now because you can just think well and the other thing is a lot of the pop culture for vampire is built off a lot of the the concepts interestingly yeah (laughs) built off a lot of the concepts which first originate either in Anne Rice or in Vampire the Masquerade yeah. via Anne Rice. Mm-hmm. So it's like with all the all the clan symbols and oh everything is like, oh you keep we're, we're we're having a masquerade, but it's not called a masquerade. You know, all that kind of stuff is in there. I mean you only have to look at True Blood. I'm sure we can talk about that. We'll have acres the, of to talk about that. And the originals. if we go by um who's working on that? It's Monica and who else set Flames Rising? Who's she? Who's her partner? I can't think of right now. But yeah, they mentioned something recently about how True Blood, not True Blood, the originals, uh, who right now, whoever's Prince of the City is pretty much a knockoff of Vampire the Masquerade's first uh, the name New and Orleans the design by Night. And everything. So that's amusing. Full circle. Uh, I think we could probably do several episodes on Vampire. It's the one that's got the most material related to it and it's um, certainly the the game i've had most experience with same here i mean i think there's numerous flavors of vampire that vampire the requiem quite happily accommodates so you've got the classic kind of vampire the masquerade kind of style crushed velvet and trench coat wearing goth kind of vampire but then You've kind of it, it's also got elements in there which allow you to steer the game quite easily into different kind of moods and make it thematically quite different. Yeah, I'm playing in a very long running now uh, chronicle set in New Orleans. It's got a real uh, film noir vibe to it and and a slight memento esque idea of uh, it plays around with memory in interesting ways. So um, it might be quite interesting to maybe talk about the different kinds of vampire games we've got experience of and and the range of stories that it allows for. Mm. Okay, that's cool. 
With regards um, to Mummy, um, the thing that stood out to me is uh, Planescape Torment, which is, to my mind, um, the best uh, computer RPG to date. Uh, and that's very much based around the idea of you playing a mortal who wakes up on a slab, doesn't know who he is or where he is or what's happening, has tattoos on his back um, from previous versions of himself with various clues, people around the city remember him but he doesn't remember them so it's it kind of allows for a really interesting kind of narrative but a i think you have to give quite a lot of control over to the gm and b uh again you got kind of slightly railroaded to to do that i think uh, properly that's something you've hit on with mummy and i think is the prob is sometimes is how high brow the games set themselves at like how because players it depends how willing players are to play into the concept of the game rather than just play in the game mm-hmm. yes you know, it's, it's it's the typical i turn up and i'm a murder hobo yay fun <laughs> uh you know let's go to candy mountain and kill everything and take all the candy or you allow yourself to be pulled into it and you recognise where, yes, this is bad for your character, but you do it anyway because, A, your character doesn't know this crap, but you do. And, B, it, 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 it's by allowing bad stuff to happen, it pushes on the narrative and it pushes on the drama and you will get some sort of narrative reward at some point whether it's with that character or if they do die you might have some access to a new character i like to make the bad decisions with my character because a lot of other people won't because they want to win the game you know you know the concept of Mm. winning the game rather oh god yeah story is Um, we don't really work that way (laughs) well the whole world of darkness system um and you can do as a friend described a sort of trench coat ninja um, figure, but that's not actually all that interesting in a long running story of, of just your character goes around um, getting into fights, looking stylish, but you know, there's no substance to it. In the noir game, we actively are encouraged to um, play to our vices um, and kind of uh, make mistakes because that suits the narrative of the game um, to sometimes not make the best decision to act impulsively but that creates a much more interesting narrative than um just kind of metagaming it all the time yeah cool um so i guess i get so i did lay out what a general episode plan would be like so with all these kind of because we've got like I think it's clear that we've we've got ideas of like there's games that we're we're more familiar with and ones we're less familiar with, and there's ones that feel more accessible and some that feel less accessible. And with the second editions, it's also a good point at which to re-examine some of these games because they've pushed themselves away from the first editions and also pushed themselves even further away from the from the classic World of Darkness. I actually find the new edition of Werewolf far, far more interesting with the the 
kind of um, John Carpenter's thing-esque, shape-shifting, amorphous monsters from the moon, I think. Oh, the um, they Yeah. Always, they've always been in there. They, they seem to have pushed them um, further into the narrative and make them more of a, a kind of central focus, a bit like the Strix. Um, the Idigam were first properly detailed in Night Horrors, Wolfsbane. Um, and the things which we hit upon, which is better in Wealth. So Werewolf the Forsaken had a holdover from Apocalypse, which was the whole, um, uh, the whole, you know, werewolves shouldn't mate together or any of that weirdness, uh, because it will create uh, a true metis or whatever in, in Apocalypse, and in this one it would create a uh, what was it, a ghost child or something, which was basically a spirit. A wolf spirit would be the creation of some intermingling, and it wouldn't actually have flesh and everything. It'd be a mad kind of spirit creature. So they got rid of all that in uh, second edition Forsaken, just to a make it less like Apocalypse, and b just to remove that annoyance that werewolves can't have any form of like romantic interest with each other. Uh, it sounds like a good, a good yeah. change. Yeah, it's it is a better change. I mean, Wealth of the Forsaken, what I have run of it is really good, and I would like to run it again. Um, again, it's kind of a different game to Vampire in the sense that I think... I would say the game which is most similar to how Forsaken works is kind of like actually Kingdom Death because you're a group of characters who are managing their land and so there are so really you need a group of players that are interested in like farming basically <laughs> but they're farming the spirit world and and the real world and creating the balance and all that so many of the plots are more emergent whereas other plots you so you would have to have a very organic setting that has emergent plots and and also plots that as a gm you've you've threaded through initiate gameplay in case the players go oh no what do i do now which is always a big problem uh yes whereas it sounded like apocalypse is um it sounded like uh apocalypse is far more a kind of global um i never played it but it sounds like much more global battle for the spirit of the world um with the uh femori and um that those kinds of um very much on a uh a, a not quite cosmic or maybe yeah maybe cosmic scale whereas this sounds a lot more personal uh yeah werewolf sound because you've not played it yet but... uh, no i was gonna mention that movie we watched the other night oh uh, the one with Lou taylor Pucci in it uh, spring. spring yeah that was a really interesting we couldn't really work out what it would. We thought she was a werewolf at first, and she was actually like a shapeshifter. Yeah, ancient shapeshifter. Um, I think you know we were wondering what kind of category to put that in. Whether that was a werewolf category or changeling or something. I don't know. It fits in quite well, possibly with 
beast. Yeah. Because the 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 concept in this film, Spring character, had kind of a to me once you kind of realise what the character's like and the backstory, it had it to me it had linked. It seemed more like um, I think the mythology they were kind of like building up seemed to have. Seem more like uh, what was it? Uh, Echidna, the mother of monsters from Greek mythology. Um, yeah, I'm not. I have to say, of all the New World of Darkness lines, Beast for some reason just hasn't clicked with me. Um, <laughs> in terms of as something that sounds particularly appealing, um, it got a lot of flack because it seemed to like make the idea that being the it, it seemed rather othering in weird ways, and yet also like that being the bad guy was and the bully was the best thing. So it has a few, it had some themes and some ideas in there which didn't translate well into the written word. So they went back and changed stuff, but I don't know how much. Um, I still backed it, I still got it turning up. Because it'll mostly be a great antagonist book, really. Um, yeah, it's just the whole concept of um, that you're human, but you're actually, uh, well, you've got human form, but you're linked to a uh, primordial archetype and you have a lair and what have you. It, it, it felt as though it was kind of taking fantasy tropes and I know going back to Beowulf, but then inserting it into the kind of urban horror of the world of darkness, um, it just seemed a bit jarring. I'm I'm willing to to be convinced otherwise, but um, that was my first impression from from everything I've read about it and listened to. Hmm. Uh, Promethean, I've not run. Um, um, I have all the books from first edition. Um, I have uh, a chronicle um, that I was uh, designing, um, and then uh, my PhD work went into overload, and it went on the the back burner. Um, and I kind of, it'd be interesting to see with second edition because for me, and I've seen quite a few people on the, uh, uh, Onyx Path forum say that, um, they love, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, they love the atmosphere of Promethean. Um, but the whole notion that you have to become human as opposed to potentially not, not turning into an out-and-out monster, but perhaps trying to uh, retreat from humanity um, uh, or at least find some way of kind of existing in the world um, seems to be less uh, open in second edition. It seems to be much more focused on there's a specific path that all Prometheans will follow, and that is to go from uh, the Promethean state, which I think has been likened to being on fire uh to uh becoming human and it feels a little like i don't know i mean with regards to if your entire experience of the world is um being really horrendously mistreated by humans that wanting to become a human whilst that is understandable for some um surely there'll be a fairly large percentage who wouldn't want to have anything to do with humanity. Mm. Um, so it'd be quite interesting to see how they handle that uh, and do it in such a way that doesn't feel as though 
there's only one way to play it. Um, I do have ideas for running Promethean, or at least I think it would be like a road trip across Europe because it's got the whole thing with disquiet and like you know the typical wherever you go, there's always the local villagers with pitchforks wanting to chase you out. Yes, um, um I think it, it, it's definitely a game that benefits from uh, I don't know, The Walking Dead might be quite a good comparison if you replace zombies with humans but they have a similar kind of uh, effect yeah. that you can't you find somewhere you settle down but eventually the zombies will find a way of breaking in you'll have to move on i'm trying to think does is there not in some respects with penny dreadful because mm-hmm. obviously it's got frankenstein's monster in there yeah you know? yes because it's such a collection of other immortals in there are they not like does not like could potentially Dorian Gray fit into kind of the Promethean archetype Uh, possibly Um, he would be the um, I'm trying to remember the name the the, the kind of um, disquietingly beautiful Galateans Galateans, um, and that the, the kind of horror for them is that people become completely obsessive about them and um will kind of throw their career and family away and commit suicide to try and get their affections or they feel they've been rejected by them so it's a kind of very different horror to the uh frankenstein's creature being beaten off of sticks for saving a child anything more to say on that one sir about promethean like i don't know a lot about it so yeah, so you're 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 a creature, well, a human. I'll say humanoid. It's easier. Of it, that's made from body parts or uh, an, from dead people, brought to life by some means, either by another Promethean that somehow you know, that, that breathes life into you with this primordial, uh, this uh, uh, this. Divine fire. Divine fire, that's the word I was looking for. This divine fire, like, that is this inherent energy within the universe. And, but while you're alive, you, you're essentially a living crucible for the creation of a soul. So this, this works into how Mike and I view World Darkness as each game is a viewpoint on what the soul, saying something about the soul, whereas, like, Vampire is the soul that's been kind of broken and corrupted. Werewolf is a soul that's actually uh, a duality of things because it's not really you're not fully human. You're actually a werewolf. You're you're actually a wolf soul in a human body, and like mage is the human soul unleashed because you can command magical powers that can change the world. And Promethean is is uh, you know you're trying to become human. And then each, so basically it's like each of the Prometheans represents each of the cosmic elements, so earth, air, fire, water, and spirit, nothingness, void, whatever. And there's a few other ones in there, like the the nuclear Prometheans who are linked to the element of, well, I say element, but to nuclear energy. So they're really cool because it's like they're, they're a modern type of creature. So... There was going to be a, a nuclear Promethean in my uh, in my chronicle, um, 
they're they're absolutely fascinating and um the their appearance is far more gruesome i think than any of the others um uh, some just perspire blood um others look like the 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 flesh has become tumored um through this 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 constant um if the other if they're all supposed to be um driven by fire these seem to be almost burning up um very very interesting the, so the thing with Prometheans, then you're kind of like because people fear you, is you're constantly moving on, and each and the whole point originally, so I mean it's one of is that every time that Prometheans kind of like have a language that they leave behind, kind of like uh, you know homeless people travel a language, so when they go from place to place, they might glean some information from what's been left behind to lead them to another stage to how they can become humans. The, so between the player and the GM, you have to establish milestones which lead your character to become potentially more human. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of body horror in the game because Prometheans pretty much sum up flesh doing weird shit. But also there's kind of the highbrow element of what does it mean to become to to want to become human? Or do you, as you say, David says, like, do you want to become human in the first place? If you see enough horrors of humanity, why would you want to be one of them? I think that's where Promethean is. Is he, being human the things that you see humans do, or is it something more fundamental at a in a in a metaphysics point of view to do with the soul and you know your existence in the universe and persistence beyond beyond the momentary life that you have? Because um, um, again, it reminds me a little of. Um... If I go on about Planescape Torment uh, too much, then I apologise. Uh, but in that, the whole um, the kind of philosophical question at the core of it is um, what can change the nature of a man? Um, and I'm, I am very interested in the, the philosophical aspects of it. Um, sounds like the new edition, they're going to emphasise the alchemy that was always there in the past and that, that that's going to be a far more foregrounded so there'll be alchemists as uh potential antagonists humans oh, right. who are trying to uh, uh study yeah. prometheans yeah because there was never like so prometheans could also be created by humans by weird ways and in a non-repeatable manner often uh is it yeah I'm trying to remember, was it a Demiurge who created them? And then you've got the progenitor of the line who then, so Prometheans create other, the yeah. the Demiurge creates the, the progenitor and then the progenitor creates the first of their line and they then uh, persist. And to become human, one of the um, milestones that had to happen is that you have to create another Promethean um yeah. so if you want to become human you have to create another creature as tormented as you've been and uh live with the consequences your sins in a way isn't it yeah um it's a again i think you add that into the equation so not only have humans made your life a living hell um but you've got to create someone else who's going to go through all the horror you've experienced for the sake of your <laughs> Uh, you gaining humanity, so it's quite a big, uh, a big ask, really. So yeah, that's Promethean Sam. Like mm-hmm. I said, I've not, you can see why I've not run it yet because you kind of need the right group. So to... I'd be up for it. Um, maybe we could do something online. Yeah. Um, 
Changeling is easy to talk about. Changeling's like a walk in the park. Yes. <laughs> relatively speaking. I'm about um, to uh, start playing in a, a Changeling Chronicle. I know you've got loads of experience with it. Yeah. Sam, Changeling, you can... You have opinions about what about <laughs> it as a game compared to say vampire because most people most people's base point of role playing world of darkness is either vampire more or less is going to be vampire or werewolf or mage because those are the big three but mm-hmm. changeling is like one of the gems of new world of darkness because it kind of made changeling's not the cutesy fan fat fantasy beings that they were in old world of darkness because change of the dream does nothing for me no i was gonna say it just looks appalling uh, <laughs> but people are obsessed with it like completely madly obsessed with it so chick's a big fan isn't he yeah so yeah. sam changeling for you what does it do for you that's different to vampire because vampires like i said is the obvious point of call for people Sorry, I'm yelling at somebody about Hanagram. So. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's Anna, actually, I'm yelling at. Yeah, she's <laughs> fawning over the slash art book, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, and I don't think it's a very good idea, but she, she actually, she was she was like, um, that that's what the show is about, though, and I'm like... Hannibal's just about Hanagram. <laughs> okay, then. <sighs> Some people. Like, I, I love... So much, but you know, yeah, there's only two seasons. Um, yeah, there's not three. (laughs) So, yeah, changeling, have you ranted now? Have you Um, done that response? No, please continue without me, and I'll get back. We'll get back to changeling. Um, (laughs) uh, let's think. Geist, I have an idea for a chronicle for that one. Geist, I think, uh, from everything. Geist has to be run in a... Geist is basically a police procedural where your... where your witnesses are the dead. Okay. That's the best way I I can consider that you would run it. And then that means anything that is dead, ghostly, that is very powerful is not your typical ghost. So the typical ghost that... if you were play, playing a World of Darkness Mortals game and there was yeah. a haunting at a house, that's a pretty, you know, big deal. Like, the characters have to deal with that and somehow survive the encounter or understand it and 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 uh, let the ghost move on to the other side properly. Whereas for Geist, I think, you know, going into a haunted house is a, a pretty... A pretty day-to-day occurrence for them so those type of ghosts uh and are kind of are the things they interact with to enable them to deal with the bigger problems that actually do exist yeah to be honest outside of vampire the lines that really appeal to me uh, are all the ones that are considered very very uh difficult to run it's uh, promethean demon mummy and Geist, um, I love. I love what I've heard about it. I've heard there's also a lot of problems from people who have run it, um, and that the there's apparently a, a gigantic errata 
for for the Geist core book. Yeah, the Geist core book got a true re basically got a, 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 a I think a POD reprinting, so it's got a one point one edition. Okay. Um, do, uh, do we know if that's getting a second edition or? Um, I don't know when it will. It mostly will, um, like all of them. Because uh, I'm really, 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 really interested in uh, Deviant the Something, um, which was described on uh, the RPG.net forums as being uh, David Cronenberg the game. Um, yeah. and, and for me, I, I'm, I instantly sign up to that. Um, it's supposed to be a lower power um, you're above hunters but below everything else um, and that you, the main antagonists are human corporations and um, basically people who are experimenting so uh, elements of I guess Resident Evil and uh, scanners that, that those kind of uh, video drones kind, of kind of like a psionics kind of yeah but more fleshy, so that the powers are um, a kind of. Uh, it's very much about body horror, but it's kind of. Whereas I guess Promethean is a kind of eerie quality, um, and the the Pandorans are definitely have body horror elements. They they kind of, uh, and the Centimani, um, Whereas this is the body horror is your body. So they mentioned Akira. So uh, the end oh, of yeah. Akira with the body. Um, growing and and crushing the people inside it, those kinds of uh, you've you've lost. I, th- I think the idea is like demon, but low, much lower powered. That you can kind of uh, blow out if you absolutely have to. Whereas in demon, that that draws the attention of the god machine. In deviant, um, you just lose control of your body, and so whatever your powers are will be incredibly destructive. But you're not going to be able to control exactly what it does. So that sounds really interesting. Okay. Yeah. At least it won't be that fan-made thing, genius of transgression. That was a hard crap. <laughs> uh, it was just it was just such Mary Sue writing. It basically wanted to be it wanted to be mage, but not mage, but steampunk. Mm-hmm without being steampunk somehow and it was just like it was just such nonsense um offered nothing and that's always the problem when fa- fans try and make their own world of darkness add-on and try and big it up it's like no you kind of miss the point somewhere along the lines here um yeah, yeah. someone i think on the onyx path forum there's a leviathan the cult which i've i've looked at a little bit but i mean to be honest there's just there are more World of Darkness official game lines than I'm going to probably have a chance to run in the next ten years. Exactly. So um, I'm not particularly bothered about uh, a fan a fan made product that's that's not going to go through the same playtesting and um, have the same caliber of writing. Hunters always hunters are an interesting one. To, anything to talk about that because there's so much. There's so many, that book covers so much and conceptually like what is a hunter so um, the Chiron group might be one of the antagonists for deviant the whatever um, which is one of the first crossover so one of the it, it's a, a potentially a, um, a player group or it could be an antagonist but um, uh, they graft 
the supernatural yeah. to, to humans and they they could be potentially one of the the antagonists i'm really interested in it from um uh, as someone who researches about serial killers in popular culture um with slasher um oh flash is a great book and and second edition um i've heard is going to be um hunter the visual i think it's the slasher chronicles so that's yeah. that's the thing they're going to emphasize which i think is exactly um it's by far the most interesting aspect of it i think again hunter is a i think it's an easy one to to really jump into because again the point of reference the the pop culture references are there uh yeah you've got uh x files to supernatural um yeah Potentially, if you want to go a bit more low key, uh, Twin Peaks could have an element of it. But the uh... it's a good it's it's a good book and it's got some nice ideas in there. Um, I haven't read the most recent, um, whichever uh, what was it, Unnatural Enemies, and was it Mortal Remains? Oh, well, I actually I do actually have a copy of that. Um, I read it for the. Uh, for the Promethean section, because I was going to have um, the, the the chronicles going to start with uh, an attack on the group by um, by some hunters um, armed with Molotov cocktails, uh, given the, the, their their uh, tendency to, I think they get aggravated damage from fire, uh, uh, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a more recent one which obviously adds uh, how hunters deal with demons and so forth. And like again, de- well, there's tons of books. There's different books with demons. Like some of my favourite books, Ward of Darkness, there's Second Sight, which is a good one. Inferno, which is because Second Sight allows you to do has like the back of that more kind of like Thulu kind of style cults, whereas Inferno is like demons that are to do with the vices uh, and the, and then you've got demons the um, oh what type of demons am I thinking of from mage, mage. then you've it... got yeah the akamoth and the something else uh, and then you've got wherever the quashillum fall into because you've got the um whether they're there to cause order or chaos. Uh and then Angels got, to some demons to others. Yeah. And then and then and then you've got the angels and demons from Demon of Descent who don't even know how to deal with the Quashalum. They don't even they're like on a completely different scale. That's because I think that that whatever the divine power is behind behind Prometheans is like the wild energy, whereas the god machine is like the weaver in classic World of Darkness. So, yes. I think um, it might also link into uh, Gnosticism. Um, so yeah. you've got the the god of darkness who constructs the world in which we live, and the god of light which has access to... Yeah, um, Demiurge and... Uh, what's the other term? Demiurge and... Oh, I can't remember, yeah. I'll have to look up again, but yes. Um, so it's it's the uh, the antithesis of the God Machine. Yeah, you finished ranting at the person there. Not really. Uh, <laughs> God, how is she defending the no, the slash book? Well, no, because all I said, and I'm probably not going to reply again because I only replied like the once, and I was like, why am I even replying? Because there's actually 
other Hannah Graham fans on the post saying, oh, yay, a slash book, right? And basically, like, I was saying that the show became about Hannah Graham because of pandering to fan service. And I don't have a problem with the pairing itself, but the, they sold out and they killed everyone else's screen time in favour of that pairing. And yeah. there were so many loose ends in the finale. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, just that it's really bad storytelling because there's so much at the end that you don't know what happened to people. Mm. So it's just like, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Changeling. Yes. Compared to Vampire Slam. Mm-hmm. What, what, how does Changeling compare for you? Like, from completely player perspective on it. Uh, well, what exactly do you mean? Well, what does it do? Does it? Do you feel it does differently to Vampire as a player experience? Because Vampire delivers a certain... Well, I hope it delivers kind of... The creatures of the night, and we're, you know, we're doing all our social political intrigue while having you know well giving in to our dark you know our, our hunger while also trying to retain some element of humanity well how does changing feel for you compared to that um i don't know like i feel like in changeling you have a lot more opportunity to maybe backstab people because the politics are even more complicated uh in a way and um what with the pledge system yeah yeah which we didn't really go into that much i think the pledge Um, system is is... we didn't go into the the whole dream thing either there's a lot of the powers that we didn't like look at because you know, it was so different to begin with. You know, there's just, there's a lot of content and which is good because I suppose every time you sort of play a game there, you could um, just explore the the kind of magic stuff Mm. even more. But like we were using the basics, I guess, weren't we? And and people were still um, asking a lot of questions about you know there's always a time we would stop in the game and be like okay what what is this meant to do again or you know what what can this person do or Mm. things like that um i don't know though like um i feel like with changeling you do come into it more as a noob you know um because again people sort of know what to expect with a vampire game and with Changeling, it's like, I think Changeling's actually good for um, whoever's running the game because you you have a lot more creative opportunity with, the, you know, all the characters that you're coming up with for NPCs and things, but it's also quite difficult and probably heavy on the GM because they have to, you know, come up with so many different characters with so many different agendas and, you know, their appearances are all different and they have a particular nature about them. Whereas with vampires, you you have that, but also they're generally all going to be vampires. So it's like, you you know, you've got like a starting point. Whereas, like, say, the the stuff you wrote for the the Venice book, 
changeling. Mm. Those are all quite unique characters. Um, and it's probably a bit harder on players as well to to come up with a an original character. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think through my opinions on changeling and what it does differently. It's, I think, I think with vampire, if you don't know what to do, you can always default to my vampire. My character's got to go out feeding. And Changeling has an element of that, which is they feed on emotions, but they can do it in so many different ways to get back because they don't actually always have to get through game. They don't harvest glamour just by doing that. You can go into the hedge and harvest, you know, hedge fruit, which can be weird stuff anyway. And then you've got pledges that you may have made with people. So you gain glamour as a result of the, the, the way the weird operates, how fate operates, and that you're owed something. And the pledge system, I think, would have been good to have got into more if we'd done a longer game at that time, because I think it has more opportunity to be more powerful than the actual contract powers that changelings have, because you're literally trapping people into a specific set of of requirements which if they break them quite hideous things can occur to them um also changing just has that element of like really kind of that childhood fear to it i've um a friend of mine who i um playing uh he's the other player in the vampire chronicle i'm in um rates changeling loss as, as the best um world of darkness line of all time um but he said that because there's a lot of you know themes of um he kind of emphasizes more the theme of trauma and being a victim um and uh being hunted uh he said that it's it's again it's quite a hard sell sometimes you've got to find the right group who would be okay with 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 some of those themes i don't know if that's chimed with your own experience at all um i don't think it's it's not always just finding people who want to play that it's people who you know um i don't really want to say play it in the right way but there are people who would not really understand and probably overuse like harmful stereotypes or something if they don't like, you know, understand trauma in any way. So, I mean, I don't think that was a problem for our group at all. But I also see how it might not be as appealing as something like Vampire, because with Vampire, your, you know, uh, your character was human and they become something which is, you know, more powerful. You know, in most cases, they feel empowered by that. So it's, it's almost like a wish fulfillment game in a way, whereas Changeling is not that. And it's, you know, more about being sort of downtrodden and rebuilding uh, who you are Mm. after you come back and, you know, finding sort of community with, with others of your kind afterwards. And I think that might not be as appealing to some people as just wish fulfillment. 
Well, it's because the thing where changing gets a bit difficult and it's different to vampires. Like in vamp, it, it's all to do with trust because mm-hmm. changelings don't trust anyone because the last time they did, they were trapped into a pledge that took something from them. And if you play that and reinforce that, players ain't going to trust anyone unless they do pledges. And then they get caught in the whole thing that they do pledges for everything. No, that's funny because I I found it the opposite with our group in Changeling. They would get into a lot of trouble by trusting people, even though they could have played. They could have done pledges and been all right. They shouldn't have been. Um, so I think that was kind of funny. Or or they would they would trust the wrong people and not trust the kind of you know the red herring guys. You know, they'd be like, I don't I don't trust this guy and he turns out to have nothing to do with it. He just he just sounds a bit creepy, that's all. You know, when you throw red herrings in there like that. Well, we um in the uh, long running vampire game, I mean, um we managed to get on the wrong side of um the only character who could be considered in any way, shape, or form uh, a good guy and he became our um kind of mortal enemy. Um <laughs> <laughs> which uh, was interesting for the for the GM, um, uh, but the, he did become the main antagonist for quite a long time. Um, so it's kind of the the ability to do that and make those wrong decisions. I think gives a lot of um, it fleshes out the world and makes you feel like you it is a collaborative story as opposed to um, you know you're playing to what you should do. Yeah. Um... Mage, I've run a bit. Um, Mage is the one I always really, really want to run. Again, it's like, I, you move around post-op positions, it's like getting a gaming group together that you can trust is the hardest thing ever because you can't just barrel in, barrel charge into a new RPG group because you might just mm. you might just end up with someone that you have to like dump out of your group for being problematic player. Um, Mage Again, while Mage the Ascension was a really great game, and I played it a lot around about that, like, 1998, 1999, well, I say played, run, and then I've played some. I just feel too post-millennial for it now. It just, it it feels too 90s. And I think that's a lot about what says a lot about New Order Darkness anyway. It's it's really telling that you were really into Mage around when the Matrix came out. And yeah, you were obviously, really into Techno Mage stuff. Well, Techno Mage stuff is still cool, but technology is not <laughs> that cool in some respects. You know, it's I think, and I think, I think there's something. I think Mage the Awakening just there's something more interesting about it. I can't quite put my finger on what. I think it's just, I think the antagonists are more scary because I got sick of the whole thing in Mage the Ascension. was like, oh, we're the tradition mages and we're trying to fight for reality against the technocracy. It's like, but but if you read the technocracy book, they're the good guys. They're trying to save humanity from everything. And yet they, they try the hardest and then you get to modern day period now where all their hard work is causing massive paradox effects with like, you know, Ebola outbreaks and, you know, Wall Street crashing crashing all the time and shit like that. Um, And 
I'm just sick of the whole magic versus technology thing. And also, oh, science is just magic. It's like, no, I don't want science to be magic. I prefer the kind of like what's hinted like in the stuff in like God Machine Chronicles, where if you peer too closely at science stuff and you get to the bleeding edges of of like theoretical physics, it all falls apart. And then you find like the weird stuff and some of it is magic and some of it doesn't even fall into magic because it can't even be controlled even by science or magic. I prefer that kind of like there's know, a falling, cosmic, falling, cosmic horror. Cosmic horror, falling off the edge of the fucking cliff and finding that there is no way to stop yourself now and that you've you've just uh, you've opened the gates to it. And the antagonists in, in Mage, the Awakening, I just I think the Exarchs I just find are far more sinister because they are the gatekeepers. They've literally gone, that you know, they were humans. They ascended the thrones of reality and then closed the doors behind them and gone, we'll harvest whatever energy we can take from all these humans trapped in there for our own, for our own existence in this higher reality where we get to do whatever we want and everyone else is just stuck in the dirt. They're like they're far more sinister compared to the technocracy or anything. Um, uh, the the quotation that comes to mind is, um, you know, the the opening to uh, Lovecraft's The Call of Cthulhu. Um, the most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage far. The scientists, each stra- uh, straining in its own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But someday the piecing together of dissociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. Um, so that notion of, of kind of, yes, you have, via uh, science, come to a, a much greater understanding of the universe and it's awful. Um, and then you had to live with <laughs> with that knowledge, and you can't put I think it back. That resonates more with me now than ever because it's <laughs> like I've gone from being, oh yeah, I'm at high, I'm just doing my A levels in like physics and chemistry, and I'm going to change the world to I'm doing the doing postdocs in science, and the world is a terrible, terrible place, mm-hmm. and we are striving at the edges of it to improve it. And guess what? We're mostly still going to fuck it up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's like. There's that mar- the thing that also is that marvel where, you know, I'm doing chemical simulations on a computer, and it's like, but that's reality. That that's meant to model pretty closely what actually happens on a on a level that we can't even look at. So, um, mage is good. Sam, mage, you want to play mage? Um, yeah. What would you want to get out of it? Because obviously you've you've read a lot on like esoteric arts witchcraft you've got collections of books and those things so how does that make you feel about mage um i think i wouldn't really i wouldn't really link mage to most of the stuff that i've read i think that's a good answer because um yeah, I, I think, I mean, obviously because it's, it's trying to be something different than stuff you've seen in, you know, paganism or Wicca because it is a fantasy game. 
Yeah. Um, I think. Um, I think if they if they did it that way, it would be kind of hokey, in a way. I think that's where that's where major dissension in places falls down mm. is because you get the whole because some of the right let's be honest some of the writers are fluffy pagans. Yeah. Okay. And very new agey, and I can say that because these are some of these writers, the yeah, same people new, behind new Fading Sun, and. They have a very fluffy view on science as well, and that again turns mm. up in in the earlier mage books. And mage the the difference is like mage the the ascension was reality is what you want to make of it because it's the idea of consensual reality, and everyone has a way of of viewing reality and how they practice magic and how it manifests. So like yeah, I do it through chemical you know quantum simulations that, and what the the point is magic is enacted because the whole to me there's no difference between the simulation and reality they're both sets of numbers from the same core principle whereas like say in mage the essentially you've also got the verbena who are your 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 wiccans mm-hmm. doing magic that way but ultimately they're all doing they're all doing magic, but it just manifest the way they practice it is different. Whereas ultimately in Mage of the Awakening, there is a true Gnostic Atlantean, they call it Atlantean, but they're getting looser with the term Atlantis now, a lot looser with it in second edition. They will be about what magic is. And it's something far more mon- primordial and all the, you know, doing techno magic and paganism is all, are all just tools to create the link between our reality and the higher su- uh, supernal reality to draw magic down. So, when you're if you're a pagan, you're or a Wiccan, and you're doing that stuff, that's not doing the magic. It's just helping you channel it. Whereas in Mage the Awakening and uh, no, Mage the Ascension, the the Wiccans believe that what they're doing is doing the magic. But the funny thing is, is that and um, I think. Dave Brookshaw said this, is that Mage the Ascension is about a game where mages are awakening to the true nature of reality and the true nature of magic, because they, as you progress through the game, you actually discard your tools. You actually go, I don't, you know, I don't need to be this, this Wiccan. I don't need to be this techno-mage. I don't need to be this tech, uh, bio, you know, biosciences technocrat. You know, you can choose whichever tools you want to do magic with. Whereas Mage the awakening is more about ascension because it's about breaking through the walls of reality to the higher levels so that you can take back humanity's divine birthright. Mm-hmm. Which is really funny when you put it into those terms because when you realise that, you're just like, hey, yeah, maybe the awakening is the better game. Um, um, yeah. It might be quite interesting to see how um, they deal with the the God Machine and the angels of the God Machine because oh, yes, yes, Dave Brookshaw apparently has theories on this on how to link it all up. Because one of my problems with Mage, um, one of the issues is that the, there was a Mage in the Vampire game who um, was a complete pain um, to deal with for years. Um, is that they they kind of quite near the 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 top end of power in the world of darkness and i think having 
the God Machine and its angels as antagonists would be really good because they um, they also have a kind of uh, an ability to twist reality, um, but they've got the kind of all the uh, back doors open to them. Um, yeah. So that could be. Uh, I think for me, my concern was you know I really want to have uh, any any horror or World of Darkness game. I always want, no matter how high the um, the player power level is, to have antagonists that can can out outmatch them. Hmm. Yeah, mage is an interesting one. I think again, mage the main horror is the the hubris. So I I think majority of the time the main antagonists have to be other mages because yes. they represent that horror of you could go crazy and your magic just go. Yeah, you just get too caught up in your own power more than even a vampire. Um, but I yeah. think mage is cool in that sense. Um, yeah. and it, it meshes well with, with demon because uh, the comparison is that mages are, if you use the matrix as your point of reference, mages are the hackers and demons are the agents. And, yes, and actually, in Demon the Fallen, you're playing, you're playing Agent Smith, technically. <laughs> <laughs> And the angels are the normal uh, agents. So demon, demon again is a weird one. So like as I said, with the different how you treat the soul and talk about it, demon is you're something that isn't even human, that doesn't have a soul, trying to hide within reality as a human, with different covers, because you can switch between different identities and so forth. Um, I don't have an idea of yet how to run Demon. I might, if I was to run it, I wouldn't. I was thinking I might use their default setting of Berlin. Yes, and also the Dark Ages. Um, they have a Cold War um, era uh, in there, which I yeah, think might play 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 quite nicely to to the themes and might make it a bit easier to to get into that Cold War atmosphere. Well, I was going to say because the reason why with Berlin is just because I like setting games where I've actually been for any decent period of time and I think Berlin I have uh, at least a bit of a feel for what it's like because it's Berlin's a weird little city like the the centre of it's really wide open because of just how it's being rebuilt but then around the edges it's more built up and then you've got the difference between east and west Berlin Uh, and also it's got quite a distinct architecture in some places would you say sam berlin um i didn't see a lot of it so i think you've seen more of it yeah um, because i was mainly just in the financial district yeah that's a good point uh yeah Uh, with regards to um mage it might be quite interesting i don't know if you um came across um unknown armies but I, think... uh, I know of it. I've not actually. I, I may have read some of it ages ago. I, I've played it. it. It's quite interesting. It's a similar kind of concept that um, uh, humans can discover um, that they can access this this magic power. But in that, you have to kind of um, essentially um, become insane, and in yeah. so doing, your mind kind of unravels and it opens up um, uh, access to these these powers. Which is potentially could be an interesting thing to look at alongside Mage. Um, 
very similar kind of feel between it's basically your main antagonist to other people who've accessed these powers as well. Um, I have read, I have had a look at also Witchcraft, which is, is that by, I think that was by the same guys that made or made the uh, Buffy RPG. I have a feeling it is. Um, I've got that lurking somewhere as a PDF, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Because um, uh, one, one of my suggestions was um, at the moment, I'm in the process of um, backing, receiving, and, and going to start running uh, a variety of other non-World Darkness games. Um, so there's Numenera. Don't think there's necessarily a huge amount of overlap. But uh, Delta Green, um, yeah. Unknown Armies, and uh, when Cult goes to Kickstarter, I'll be backing that as well. Um, it might be quite interesting if we could see if there's a, a thematic parallel with one of the lines, especially a line that we maybe haven't run so much that we could do a kind of comparing contrast. Yeah. Uh, no, that's fairly easy to do. Um, because there's other horror RPG type stuff that I've got that I might run as a one-shot at some point because they might be more more useful to get people into playing or uh, like uh, Trial of Cthulhu. I've got... I, I bought the Humble Bundle so I've got like pretty much all the core books for that. Um, I've played it, it. It got abandoned um, for a, a, a variety of reasons, but I did play in um, the Book House of London campaign, um, which up until the point we got to was, was absolutely fantastic. Um, I actually, the reason um, I backed Delta Green, so I've got I think nine books coming. Um, with that because it just completely exploded at the end in terms of um support but um that actually gives you a rationale um by having an organization that fights the mythos of how um if you're playing a lovecraftian game and a call of Cthulhu style game if someone's character dies how you can bring in another character because quite often call of cthulhu is a case of people stumbling into the mythos and then trying to deal with it and it's quite hard to see how you would then get someone from outside that group and draw them in and then convince them that, yes, you're going to give your life up now to to fighting this. Yeah. Um, what's the other one that I've run? That I've, got? I've got Unhallowed Metropolis. That's always good for... That, to me, was kind of fun to do that's kind of like tongue-in-cheek kind of horror roleplay because the system is set up to allow players to... It, it, it Basically, it nudges you to make your character do horrible things and become darker and more corrupt. Um, and it's a, it's a zombie... It's a neo-Victorian uh, alternative future post-apocalyptic zombie horror but, wow, how many subgenres could you fit in? Yeah, well, the thing is that they're quite the guys behind it are also guys that work at Private Press. All right, so, okay. It's basically it's it's what they did on the side, um, and so it's like you know, history veers off sometime around towards the end of the Victorian period, and there's a 
zombie outbreak and then humanity recovers and you get this n new you know the city some of the cities get built up but the rest of the land is completely given over to the zombies and there's some weird kind of like blight that means you can't grow stuff and animals die things like that so it's got it, it's a very it's all victorian themed it's not steampunk because it's not set in the it's not it's, it's just not steampunk and i'm sick of steampunk in that way but i'd quite happily play this uh and then it's got a system where it's kind of like you make a deal with the devil. So you've got like, you've got so many times you can do a reroll or get out of jail free card kind of thing with if your character dies. But if you do so, it makes them become corrupted in different ways and it slowly manifests. And that was quite fun and amusing. Uh, and then there's the zombie horror aspect of it because it be, it could be quite easy again for people to run it where all you're doing is killing zombies like you go here and you've got to kill all the zombies because of a zombie outbreak whereas really the zombie horror part of it the zombies are the backdrop to the actual character drama and again, other types of antagonists the walking dead springs yeah. to mind so they create the context for the the human drama but the really awful stuff is what the humans do to each other um, and kind of how they can get very, very corrupted um, by that the the, the setting. Um, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to struggle for things to to discuss. Um, I'm going to have to head off in a second because yeah, Laura sure. has to get up for work at six o'clock. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, I was going to say, so basically, show outline looks like game, like whatever game or book in a game line to talk about. Yeah. And whatever we choose as like media inspiration, you know, something from like TV film inspiration and how we how we use that in a game, or if it's a really, really bad horror film, how do we rescue it? And and how do it's we rescue it? It's a good idea it? buried in there. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh that might also be entire T V series and stuff, because I mean Sam, if it's something on Netflix you've got more time than me to maybe push yourself through a Netflix series and go, oh, I'll write some notes for us on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, a lot of the time I'm looking at series which are not supernatural in nature. Yeah, that like, as well. You know, taking ideas from them and how to structure well, it's like the, games. It's like the classic Gossip Ghouls. Yeah. Gossip Requiem. Uh, and then, so, like, with the with the first segment because it might get rules heavy like that doesn't really interest you much does it sam if we if we have mm -hmm. to talk about that so there's no point in boring you and having you there mm -hmm. as like dead air because there's no point with that but obviously then once we've done the media the the F, the the film tv inspiration thing then when we go back we can talk about that that game element but less in the kind of but we can totally drop all the mechanistic elements out and just talk about the ideas in more general gamer banter kind of way and what other stuff we're doing sam had a great way of describing what kingdom death is what's kingdom death sam how did you describe it the other day uh, you describe it as like murder narnia or something no i said i said um i'd said something narnia like like, body horror narnia yeah or something basically 
Um, I'll be very excited. You can just call it fucked up Narnia. It's fucked up Narnia. <laughs> um, that does have an RPG, hopefully coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon you could kickstart that. Yeah. Um, it'd be really good to get Poots on to talk about and, and guys to talk about Kingdom Death. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. So I okay. will pull all the audio off this. I will see yep. how much editing I need to get rid of noise. I don't think there's going to be actually that much, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh Obviously, if we need more voices on things, we've always got James to tap because A, he's based in the UK. That means as little lag as possible. And B, he's played in either games I've run or he's he's into World of, Dark, World of Darkness in general. So, uh, and he's into game, well, he's a games designer. So he can talk about games design at that, in that way as well. So, I mean, uh, with regards to um, games designers, um, depending on, I think between us, we can probably tap up most of the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I've got most of the people behind Delta Green, for instance. Um, I'm oh, friends with on Facebook. Um, Robin um, Laws, uh, Kenneth Height. Yeah. Um, I think you've got pretty much most of the um, World of Darkness crew. Um, it'd be quite interesting to see if we could get... Um, any of the, the the kind of horror computer game designers uh, at some point, um, because we're seeing the kind of renaissance of um, computer RPGs at the moment. Maybe there's a way of tying them in. I think there's an entire episode somewhere where we're going to have to wax lyrical about Silent Hill 2, um, the greatest horror RPG game going. Uh, it, it is beautiful. Um, uh, we actually need to buy it on the... Uh, I need to, like... Because I had it on the Xbox like years and years ago, so I should really try and get a copy for like a three sixty or get it. Yeah, on. I've got uh, a copy on. Uh, I think it came with Silent Hill two and three for um, uh, three sixty, and it's superb. Apparently, there are some issues if you're using a a really massive uh, high definition screen that um, the the fog effects are a bit flawed. Um, and they're not really designed. Um, so it might be one to, I don't know, maybe uh, see if you can get on the PC, on a, a PC monitor that's not quite, it, that hides some of the, uh, the you can force. see the joins, um, <laughs> essentially. Um, what, what Again, some um, some Blu-rays kind of really emphasise the... the, 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 the uh, constructed nature of the films and uh, breaks the magic. Oh, God, yeah. Cool. Uh, I think that's it. Is that okay. Mm-hmm. You happy with that? You got some homework? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just before you head off, um, I would recommend with regards to Changeling, um, I think the best Changeling-esque film I've seen is called The Hallow by Corin Hardy. Um, and he's been given uh, the directorship for the remake of The Crow and um, I don't really want to spoil anything but um, it's very very Changeling-esque including um, elements of of, of people being infected um, by uh, the 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 hallow essentially the creatures of the wood but really really um, amazing uh, Is that one is that set in the US? 
No, set in Ireland, I think. Oh, okay, okay, right. I was thinking of another one that's set in the US with the um, oh, what was that called? Ah, oh, that was really weird with like with the doctor moving in and realizing his wife is tied to this community they've moved to. It it, it was it had some very Cthulhu elements to it and so forth. Um, it was the tall man. Um, had a bit of a changing feel to it. Uh yes. Pascal Logier, uh, Jessica Biel, I think, was in it. Oh, okay. No, I'm thinking of another one. Um, uh, That's also very good. Uh, I would recommend it. The Tall Man. I was thinking of the Clive Owen one where his daughter in it, um, and they kind of like have this shared nightmare almost of a of a being that tries to attack them. At, oh, too many different films. Can't think of their names right now. Cool. Okay, I'll leave okay. you to it then. Excellent. Okay, and uh, when when are you thinking with regards to um, having a go at bashing out an episode? Um, I would give myself uh, give me about a a week or well, I would say give me at least two or so weeks to delve back through um, Requiem Second Edition. Okay, I should just do so the I same. Have a look and pick out things that I mostly didn't talk about uh, on Darker Days and mostly listen, I'll listen back to my Darker Days review because then that means um, it'll be a lot easier to get reacquainted with things. Uh, yeah, cool. Okay, excellent. Right, look forward to it. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.